0: real or a replica? Okay, I need you to help me Help me lah There are two Louis Vuitton bags there Which one do you think is a real Louis Vuitton And which one is a fake Louis Vuitton? <laughs> Any guesses? Ah, those are so, ah, those very clever ah, Yes, yes, anybody, anybody those with Louis Vuitton back one? Okay, do you think the one on the left or uh, on the right? Okay, tell, how many of you think that the one on the left is real? Left is real? How many of you think that the right one is real? Right one? Who is your auntie think right one real? Is it? You're so clever, you got Louis Vuitton, is it? Because the right one is the real one. Let's see the next slide, eh? Let's see the next no 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 the next slide. Before that, after the Louis Vuitton got real ah, there, there, there you see ah see got replica and got authentic one. Ah, see properly, okay? See the, the the handle so crooked, not so nice one, no. Huh? the color also different. Okay, cannot really see properly la. Okay, let's see the next one. You can help me. <laughs> you all this is, a, this is a pair of Yeezys. I don't even know what in the world they are. It's like super expensive shoes, all I know. How many of you? Willie, is it Willy? Willy? Come here Willy. Come. Willy, will you be willing to tell me? Which one is real, which one is fake? Uh, the right one is real, the left one is fake. The right one is real, the one on the white tiles is real, the left one is fake. Eh? How do you know? The color and also the the dots on the yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's see whether correct right or not. Click. Click. <laughs> wow, his reputation at stake man. this one. <laughs> All right. Let's see another one. this one ah. I World Cup is coming. You know. It's just in about a month's time, and it's my favorite team's. It's my favorite team's jersey, Germany. Woohoo! Okay, obviously not everybody shares my excitement for Germany, but which one do you think? Okay, don't look at the body. That one is a bigger body. One is a skinnier body. All right, can see it. Cannot see eyes. So cannot see this one. Which one do you think? Who is very good? Nick. Nick would know. Nick Tay. No, he knows what, this time. Which one? Right is real, left is fake, is it? You think so lah Okay, let's see whether he's correct or not Even Nick couldn't get it right ma, how can Because you know why The authentic FIFA logo is in white Ha, ah, la dad, no la dad okay. okay, let's see another one Ha, makeup also got fake one, I tell you. I also didn't know. You look at that. Your MAC makeup, your Laneige, BP cream, all also got fake and got real one. Let's see which is fake, which is real. Can we click? Huh? look at that. The, the fake MAC. Is uh, the fake MAC lipstick is wider and it doesn't have this glossy thing on the cover? And yeah, the other original one actually has gloss, It's very glossy and it's thinner. Okay, and then the Larnish, you see your, your powder thing, right? It's not supposed to be so dark and black. One. it's supposed to be light grey. Then that's original. Okay, see, I give you tips. Okay, very good. Next, next, next. Ha! Huh, this one. This one. This one is got four. Four gems there. Which do you think is actually is a diamond? Ah, mani. The di- the real diamond is on her finger, is it? Ah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a real diamond? Okay, got one, two, three, four One One starting on the left. One, two, three, four. Which number do you think is real? Three is real. Two is real. One, two, two is real. Three is real. Anybody guesses? Anybody says it's one. Mani, what do you say it is? I don't know, huh? You 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 asking your husband? Hello. <laughs> no need to ask husband when. Oh, the husband is coming in. <laughs> Uh, Eric Eric Which is a diamond Eric? The diamond. One, two, three, or four from the left. Two. Wow, so side layer. What in and let's say it's number two. What is this? Okay, let's see what's the answer. Look at that. They look all, don't they all look real? They, you won't even guess, you won't even unless you really have that eye for diamonds Eric. <laughs> okay, next one. Your baras also got real and fake. This one all the aunties know. Nah? Have you seen before? Which is a real baras, which is the real grain of rice, and which is a fake rice? The one on the, on the right side is real rice The one on the left side is actually plastic rice Can you believe it? People are actually making plastic rice Actually, isn't it more expensive to make plastic rice? Isn't it? No, it's cheaper, is it? Oh. Because secretly you got to share it, is it? <laughs> okay, then the next one One more Counterfeit money Which do you think is a counterfeit? Both, are no lah One is a real one Bottom one is Fake Bottom one is fake The top one is real Or the top one is real The bottom one is fake Which one? Actually The top one Is fake the bottom one is real. It's very interesting. We laugh about all these things, yeah? We, we, we just went through a whole list of real and fake stuff. and uh, But in reality, there are so many replicas and so many real things. That's why when you go online shopping, how many of you went shopping? Lazada birthday sale. Ah, See, don't tell lies, okay? Liars go to hell, okay? <laughs> I, I went, I didn't say I didn't go <laughs> What I'm trying to say is this You know, when we there, there, it's, it's difficult to tell what is real What is fake A lot of times And uh, in a world where There are people who want to cheat us There are a world where people who want to take advantage of us It is very important that We are able to distinguish You know, and have the discernment as well Of what is real and what is genuine And what is not But I think in a church setting Very importantly, are you real? Can you poke your neighbor a bit and say, Are they real? Check if they are real. Are you real? Are you real? Are you real? real? Right. Let's turn to, turn your Bibles to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 In a world where Where there are so many fake things And so many ingenu- ingenuine things And there are so many things that are, are Causing us to doubt whether it's, it's real or not I think one thing that cannot be fake Is our relationship with God And that's very very important Okay, so I want us to read. Turn to one John chapter two, verse three to eleven. Let's stand for the reading of God's word together. We're not going to have it fleshed up. I hope you have your Bibles with you. You need to turn to that. I, do you all have it? Yeah. Okay. First John chapter two, verse three to eleven. All right. Whatever version you have, read it with understanding and let it sink deep into your spirit. One, two, three. We know that we come to know Him. If we obey him, his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. And this is how we know. We are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Verse 7. Dear friends, I am not writing to you a new command, but an old one. Which one? You have seen beginning. This command is a message you have heard, yet I am writing to you new command. Its truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing and true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in Christ but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in darkness. He does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, God, that your word will speak into our, speak to our lives, speak truth to our lives, because God, we're in a world that is, we are being surrounded by, by all sorts of counterfeits. So, God, we want to pray, Father, that our relationship with you will not be one that is counterfeit. Our relationship with you will be one that is authentic, that is deep, that we, that we know you for who you are, and God, that you will continue, oh God, to let your light shine through each and every one of our lives. So we pray, Father, that you will help, I pray, Father, that you will help me preach and teach your word, and for open hearts and open ears to hear your word and receive your word, and let the word of God work deep in our hearts, in our spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. All right. The Bible is very clear here. We've just read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 to 11. Okay, you must understand, 1, 2, 3 John were written to, by John, obviously, to address the churches near Ephesus. The church had suffered under the great persecution where thousands of Christians were persecuted under the, the evil emperor Nero. Okay, so they had just gone through this Massacre, you know Thousands and thousands of Christians Were murdered by Emperor Nero And so they are a bit shaken Their faith is a little bit shaken Can you imagine if something were to happen like this Even here in Malaysia If there was a massive persecution That hit us Pastor Vincent dies Pastor Gwen dies Everybody is murdered, you know We are all hung upside down You know, in in Crucifix Crucified, crucified Crucified upside down just a, it's a display. And then all the leaders, you claim you're a leader in this church, all of you, all, bah, 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 everybody's killed. Now, can you imagine how their faith was at that point of time? Leader, die already, that's right. Oh, sorry, how eh? come got phone. Somebody didn't get the memo. Why is this? Um, let, let me switch off the ringer uh, Yeah, so can you imagine if that happened It's really, really horrible And for them at that point of time To experience what they experienced And they were they were so, probably very shaken in their faith And then on top of that At the same time, there was also infiltration of false teachers into the church These false teachers were teaching them things like You know, everything, all that matters is the Spirit only. All that matters is the Spirit. So whatever you do in the flesh doesn't matter. All that matters is the Spirit. Is that true? All that matters is the Spirit only. As long as your Spirit is right, you know, everything is okay. But you can do whatever you want in the flesh. That's not true. So when John was writing this, he was trying to address the people of the church who were going through what they had gone through and also to correct whatever the false teachers have been teaching them. Alright, so there were a few things that he needed to address as well And just like how we looked at all these products John keeps on reminding them There are marks of authenticity in the life of a Christian There are marks of authenticity in the life of a Christian We saw all those products up there And then if you go on their websites you can actually They will actually tell you, okay, these are what to look for you know, if it's a Louis Vuitton bag There are certain marks, straight that, that you cannot miss out when this, The real thing has it But the fake one doesn't yeah? or, or if you want to buy a certain product You know, these are what you can look for Make sure you have this, 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 thing on, And it's not fake yeah? So as a Christian There are also marks of authenticity in our lives Because as the Christian Bible says, right That therefore if anyone is in Christ He's a new creation The old has gone, the new has come Right? So what are these marks of authenticity that that we can we can look at and we can see evidently happening in our lives if you and I are real Christians. Are you for real? Okay. Firstly, John addresses here a child of God is one that knows him. Hmm. Is one that really knows him. The Greek word know in this context is called ginosko. Ginosko, to know, to be resolved, be sure, understand, denotes a progressive knowledge. It's the next slide already. Yeah. Which means, denotes a progress, so progressive, not progress, progressive knowledge. It means you are getting to know him more and more. It's one thing to know about God and it's quite another thing to know God. Many of us start with knowing about God, right? That's why we teach our children what we teach them. In Sunday school, in whatever, we teach them about how good God is, the characters of God, and God is is love, God provides, God takes care, you know, all that. We teach our children all that. At home, that's the instruction that we give them. That's knowing about God. But there is also the part that you see, when Paul, when John, sorry, when John wrote this, John wrote this very interesting in verse 3. We know that we have come to know him. We know that we have come to know him. You know that you know him. You know that you know, which means you need to know that you know. You need to know that you know. What do you actually know about him? And the Bible says, we always he says here, you need to know that you know, or else we will be like just like another cubic zirconia. We look like a diamond, but under pressure, under, under tremendous pressure, under whatever force, the cubic zirconia will break into pieces, will shatter. But if you are a real diamond, a diamond is formed under pressure. So are you a cubic zirconia, or are you a real diamond? Do you know that you know? Do you really know Him or do you just know about Him? I want us to to look at a person who actually turned around from knowing about God to being a person who knew God. And it's none other than the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was one who started off knowing about God. I want us to turn to, in the scripture, I think I have it on the slide. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 28. When you see this, it's very interesting. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. This is Paul talking, yeah. Hard and long, enduring and many I have been hungry and thirsty. Eh, this is not the right verse. Where's number 23. I think it's one verse, one slide up. There is no one slide up. Ha, huh, okay. Okay, he says here, Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Five different times. Jesus was whipped one round 39 times. Only. Paul was ripped five times. Which means if you opened his shirt and looked at his back, it would have been a very grotesque scene. Because every time, remember, those ball, balls that, that every whip, right, has got small little whips in it and then it's got these ball bearings that had, got, that had sharp things. Every time it Cuts in and it will pull flesh off That is how The Romans whipped them With that type of So 39 times, 5 times okay? 3 times I've beaten with rods Once I was stoned 3 times I was shipwrecked Once I spent the whole night And a day adrift at sea I have travelled on, on many long journeys I have faced danger From rivers and from robbers I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the desert, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, and during many sleepless nights, I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, beside all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all churches. <sighs> Any leaders want to complain now? <laughs> because it really shut me up. Like, Complain compared to Paul? Like, wow, so many things he went through, you know, and, 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 and God is like so terrible of the things that he went through compared to all the complaints that we have. Church is too cold, la. church is too hot, la. church is this, la. Yo, how come office must walk upstairs, got no lift? La? We complain though, we complain, we complain, so many things to complain, but Paul is telling us this. You know, we've met Christians, right, who are so radical in their faith, to the point that they can endure all these things. How in the world does a person get to this point, and yet still continue, and still walk faithfully, and still want to serve Jesus, and not give up their faith? Here we are, going through what we go through, sometimes not enough, we cannot send our kids overseas, or so we cannot do these certain things, we cannot go for this ho- certain holiday, or so we are like, I don't want to believe Jesus really, like. I believe him also, I don't get any benefits out of it man." Do you know what I mean? But Paul went through all that, and yet, right till the end, despite being martyred at the end, he was still faithful to his call and to his faith. And the answer is found in 2 Timothy Chapter One, when he answers when he writes to his young protege Timothy, read this. He says to Timothy, "And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle and a teacher of the good, this good news. That is why I'm suffering here in prison. I'm not ashamed of it. for I, for I, for I know the one in whom I trust." And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Why do you think Paul could go through all that he went through? Because it was not because he knew of God. It was not just a knowledge of God in his head. Because amongst everybody else, do you know that Paul was trained? He was selected. Do you know who his? mentor and who his, his teacher, rabbi teacher was when he was picked to become one of the Pharisees at the time he was being trained as one of the teachers of the law do you know who his teacher was? his teacher is none other than teacher Gamaliel who is, who is like renowned when everybody honoured him, he is the top if you want to learn about rabbihood, you, will, you want to be trained under Gamaliel you want to be trained under him All all the people he was chosen to be trained under this man So he knew the law He knew the word The Old Testament at the back of his hand He knew everything about God Everything that must be done He knew it all But yet Only until he had an encounter with Jesus himself That was when he finally knew who God is You see, knowing about God here doesn't always get translated here and in our actions. And it's my fear that sometimes we, we just come to church and we hear and we absorb, 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 and it all just gets here only and that's it. But there is no really knowing God. Now, I want you to understand here that in Greek, in English, there is no, the word know is just know. Just now we read in John, we said that word is ginosco. Is a progressive, denotes progressive knowledge. But in this passage of scripture, the word know here is the word oida. To know, to understand, which denotes a fullness of knowledge. Wow. It's a fullness of knowledge. Paul knew who God is. He knew who God is And because he knew who God is He could endure all that he went through The whipping, the, the imprisonment the Whatever that he went through And still continue to glorify God And he can still write Ephesians He can still write Philippians Joy under pressure How to they have joy under pressure? Because he knew God your knowledge of God has to be translated and a lot of times that translation happens when you experience God in your own lives. And that translation happens when you go through what, what does it mean that God is faithful? You have to go through a season where you feel abandoned, you feel that nobody is with you. That's when you experience that God is faithful. You say that, you know, God God is a provider. You have to go through a season of lack. Then you will understand what is provision. You have to go through a season of reckoning. Going through a season where people may, may have hurt you or attacked you in a way, and then you know that God is your pro- protector. That's how you go through it. Whatever you go through, it's not for you to to for for you to to suffer, and just for no reason. But the reality of God becomes more and more real as you know, really, really know your faith in the Lord. And that is one of the first marks of the authenticity because the Bible here says, he's so clear. John says this, if you know him, we know that we have come to know him if we obey him and his commands. The man who knows him, who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. Again, I say to you, liar, liar, pants on fire. Some of you keep on saying, I know God, I know, I know, I'm a Christian, I, I know God. But then when we go through what we go through, we don't act very Christian-like. that is my fear. That the church has become one that knows of God but has no real depth relationship with God. And it's not just about an emotional feeling because you cannot just know God by emotions and experience experiential relationship. You need to know His word definitely. I, I'm not saying that knowing about God, reading more is not necessary. It is very necessary. It's because Paul had the advantage of knowing the Word of God so, so deep and so much. And then when he actually experienced it, it really validated and really brought everything together. Because what he's is experiencing is not something out of the blue. He didn't pluck it and then just emotionally felt it. He knew that this was, he can find it in the Word of God. This was validated and is real. So, Understanding the Word of God is just as important as really knowing God for who He is through our lives and through our circumstances. So, firstly, the mark of authenticity as a Christian is you must know God. You must know God. And that knowing is in that fullness of knowledge. That made him, that made Paul to be somebody who is so fearless, so radical, and full of faith the knowledge of who God is must be experienced so that it will change your life forever and cause you to have such a reckless love for him as he has for you secondly how another mark of authenticity is a person who keeps his command ha huh. read a story about a man a, a couple in marriage and uh, it was not a happy marriage. So every day before the husband leaves for work, the husband would give a list a list of things to the wife. Let's see. Do I have a piece of paper? Yeah. He would give a list of things to the wife. He would just give it to the wife. This is the list of things I want you to complete before... I come home from work. Every day, he will write a list of things to do for the wife. So the wife obediently will do, does, does Kenneth do that to you, Kimen? <laughs> she's like, she's like <laughs> you la. laugh." Every day, she will dutifully do that, this complete, that list of tasks and chores that the husband demanded her to do. So one morning, the guy again gave this list before he left for work, gave it to the wife and said, get this done before I reach home. But that evening, the husband never returned. He had an accident and he died. Okay? Now, some years later, the wife wife remarried. And the man that she remarried was quite the opposite. (laughs) The guy was gentle, was loving, was sweet, was kind. Never demanded anything like Boon Hong, who is single and available, by the way. <laughs> Stand up, yeah? You can come for premarital counseling with him. Um, The man was really kind like Boon Hong. So one day, she was clearing some boxes in the house. And in those boxes, she found a few of the lists that her late husband used to write for her. She read the list, and she started crying. Then a smile broke through. Because she realized something. That everything that the late husband used to write down, she was still doing today. But the only thing that was different was that she was doing it out of love. It didn't need to be demanded of her. The exact same things that the late husband used to demand her to do, she was still doing it today to a husband who loves her, who protects her, who respects her, who honors her. See, that's how we are in our relationship with God. You can choose to look at the Word of God and say that God is so demanding. La. You know, so many things to follow. It's a set of do's and don'ts, this whole Bible. Cannot do this, cannot do that. Cannot get into a relationship with a, a non-believer. Cannot, cannot get married to them. Cannot do this, cannot... And we think that it's such a restrictive thing to us. My friends, if you really love God, and you really know God, then you will obey His commands. Not because it is demanded of you, because it's a relationship with God, that you want to honor Him, you love Him, you trust all that He has for you. You know, I never saw the Ten Commandments as this. I was, I've been reading about God's love. And very interestingly, this particular book that I've been reading about, one portion of this book about God's love is the commandments. And I never saw the commandments as this because the writer told us that the Ten Commandments and all of God's commandments are put there as an expression of God's love. They are actually an expression of God's love. You see, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, it was not because he was demanding of them. He he already loved the Israelites. He loved them so much, that's why he delivered them from slavery. He loved them so much, that's why he brought them out from Egypt and into freedom and wanted them to get into the Promised Land. There was no doubts about God's love. He went to the extent of parting the Red Sea for them, correct? God loves them. God brought them out from slavery. And he's not about to give them Ten Commandments to put them back under slavery again. That's not what his intention is. His intention is because he loves us, he is the one who created the heavens and the earth, he is the one who created each and every one of us, he knows how this this world is supposed to work. And he knows, and because he knows how this world is supposed to work, he gives us these boundaries, these are the things that if you do it this way, you won't get hurt. That's all it's all about Is to protect us You see, a lot of times We look at laws as something that is confounding As something that is, confines us to do what we want to We don't have freedom Let me give you an example And I gave this to the premarital class as well that day About the covenant About God's commands over us If you come to an intersection In a drive When you're driving A crossroad Traffic lights are there If you are late for an appointment, okay? <laughs> you are late for an appointment. You are supposed to go for the appointment. You are supposed to get interviewed that day. Die, die, die! Oh no! Red light. Should I stop or should I go? Cannot wait. You are late, late, late. Why this? Why the red light is so long? and so annoying. We get very frustrated with the law. Correct? Correct? Oh, is that only me? You all, all? very saintly. When no, I will buy uh, sixty seconds. or oh, you. Okay, their mind is okay. You'll be so kanjong. You'll be so upset. Why so long? Why is this traffic light so long? Can not it be faster? And then sometimes you just dash across, and you don't want to. Never mind. Never mind. Looks like no car, right? We feel that the law confines us and doesn't allow us to do things our way. But on the opposite side of the road, if Sarah was in the car with her three daughters she will be so thankful that there is a traffic light there. Because when it's green, she knows that it's her right to go because the other side should be red. The cars are not supposed to go. The law is protecting her and her family. A lot of times, we break the law because we want it our way. We feel that the law is confined, is confounded us or it has hampered us from being free because we want to do it our way. But in actual fact, the law is there to protect us. To do it right and enjoy life to the fullest. That's what the Bible is for. Not to put you under slavery. Jesus came, he said. I have come to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. So is the word of God a set of do's and don'ts? With certain parts, we, want to, we, we will keep certain parts because it suits us. Then certain parts, n- n- not quite favorable, then we can throw it away. Is that how we're supposed to live this? Is this a person who really knows that he knows who God is? If you know really who God is, you will obey his command. Amen? Quiet, now. Amen? And lastly, one mark of authentication through this scripture here is... It loves others. Verse nine. Verse nine to verse eleven says this. It says, "Anyone who claims to be in light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is there is nothing in him to make him stumble." And whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Right. So it says here, an authentic relationship with God are people who love others. I still remember till today, (laughs) when I was in Standard 1. Standard 1, no? So long ago, I still remember. You know when you're in Standard 1, in Primary 1, and... uh, in any 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 like in any standard you will always have the the in group and the not so in group in class, yeah. So you know, if you want to be in the in group, then you better follow who the in group people are hanging out with. Or else they won't friend you lah. Correct? I don't friend you. How many of you have heard that phrase before? I don't friend you. Right? I don't friend you. And then your kids come home, oh, my friend don't friend me. So and so don't friend. Oh, poor thing, Henry, people don't friend you. Ah. Yeah, so and so don't friend me. You know, so they'll be very sad, don't friend me. And I remember, right, there was this one particular girl that in class that we, we, she was a little bit unique, a bit slower, and uh, we used to bully her. Terrible, right? I, I remember. So terrible, this is confession time again Almost every other week I have a confession, right? I remember, you know, going to the bookshop with her Because it's supposed to help her go to the bookshop Because she can't even buy a book by herself or something I can't remember what it was Then, right, I even can tell her to buy some more things And then use her money to buy it on my behalf, you know And she doesn't know and Yeah, that, come on, everybody say You see, what happened to me, I became a pastor So those of you who have been mischievous After God called you out to the full-time, then you know so, so I remember this and then the, the line was this we bluff bluff friend her. We bluff bluff friend her, okay? Bluff only, that means not real one. We just pretend to like her, pretend to be her friend so that we can use her. So terrible, right? Send so the one, no. Six years old, seven years old, only like that already. Hi yo. That's why did Jesus say, you know, we all have sinful nature, right? Nobody has to teach us all these things. So there was this bluff bluff friend. But you know what? In this life and in this this generation Or in our lives as Christians We cannot have a bluff, bluff, friend, you mentality Because it's a mark of authentic Christianity If you really, really are The Bible here says As John was trying to correct them Remember, yeah, they have been infiltrated by false teachings. They have been gone through, gone through persecutions. And so now, they are a bit unsure. Okay? And then brothers and sisters also probably talking about each other. And they are gossiping behind each other's back. A lot of things are going on. You know, what is he doing? What is she doing? And then, which is very common, which very commonly happens in church. Suddenly, everybody becomes like a Pharisee. You see, you see, you see that guy? You like that one, tight tight one, the pants. I think he's gay lah. Ayo, ayo. You see, see, ayo. Ayo, so and so's daughter. I got pregnant, not not married, you know. We become the very Pharisees that Jesus condemned. But I'm here to tell you this. That in this church, we want to always have pharisectomy. Y'all didn't get it lah pharisectomy means that you cut off all the pharisectomy thinking. Cut it off. This is a place where it's supposed to be a safe place. People like to talk, people like to judge, people like to point fingers at others. The Bible here says, if you say you will have love, but then you hate your brother or your sister, then are you, do you truly have the light? You don't have the light. You are living in darkness, in spiritual darkness. We need to have a place that this is a church where we love one another, really love one another and really care for one another, not talk about each other. We are the loudest to speak when something happens, when you hear about any immorality, when we hear about, oh, you're so judgmental, we all become, we become holier than thou, until it happens to our own family. Then we are as quiet as a mouse. Except for the little child. It's okay. <laughs> that's why the, that's what he was talking about when John addressed all this. He was trying to say there must be real love in the community. You can't say that you have the light and you, you really know God and you have God's love when there's still so much of this bickering and so much of this backbiting and there's so much unpleasantries in church amongst Brethren, and it's not a new command. It's not just amongst brethren. It's, about, it's a command that he has, that Jesus himself gave. Love your neighbours as yourself. That's why he was saying, this is not a new command. Love your neighbours as yourself. And who is this neighbour? Anybody. Anybody that walks in here, anybody that you meet, they are your neighbours as well. I know some of us, we still need to be delivered. I mean, I also need to be delivered. Sometimes you look at certain people, this one, I cannot, I'm very, very hard to love the face very bad cannot get we still we still have that with us and we have prejudices some certain people you're just like oh, okay, okay stay away yeah of course there are people who have come into our lives and have caused and wrecked havoc in our lives before correct you have people have walked into your lives people have done things to you people have said things to you who have not been nice and it's really hard to love them some of them you can't even be they can't even be your friend let let alone you know, be your best friend cannot, You cannot even love? To, how to call them But at least let's not go around defaming them Let's not go around saying things about them You know there was a There's a saying by Mother Teresa That has always helped, I held it very close to my heart and She says this Some people come into your life as blessings Some come into your life as lessons That's what it is some people will come into your life as blessings Some people will come into your life as lessons And they are, if there are lessons, learn from it and move on No need to talk about it anymore No need to bicker about it No need to, to be Move on, carry on That's what you do, right? That's why you progress from standard 1 to standard 2 Because lessons you learn after You go to the next level already You don't keep on staying at standard 1, right? Move on, lesson learned, move on some people come into your life as blessings and you learn from that as well and some people just come into your life as lessons but the bible says love love one another love this quarter we're talking about love in loving a family this is the family of god in this church why are we still doing what we're doing outside when we have the Pre-service and post-service, when we gather together for makan and for fellowship, it's not because you know nothing else better to do, lah. You know the, the team very free one, you know, Bun Hong and the team very free one. Hey, he he can prepare a lot of food, one, no. See, I don't know why I'm promoting him, lah. He's single, la, Okay, yeah, here. <laughs> he and it's not because of of us not have not have nothing else better to do, but because we want to promote love. We want to promote that fellowship. We want to promote everybody coming together and let's talk to one another. It's not for a place to have to, to, to just be with our friends only. Learn to reach out to one another. You say people don't talk to you. Why don't you approach someone to talk to someone else? Let's have it a mutual thing. This is a community that we need to show love to people around us. Not... Not judge them the moment they come in with, Whether it's with their tattered jeans or, or shorts or whatever they are wearing Everyone is fighting battles We know nothing of Everyone But this should be a safe place A place where when people walk in They sense the love of God And they sense the love from the fellow community Who is right here in this place we are a family. Amen? That's the mark of true Christianity. As First John, as John tells his church, reminds the church. Of course, there are other parts to it. But this is some of the things that are marks of authenticity of our faith in Him. Firstly, a person that knows God, really, really knows God. That as you go through every season of your life, you recognize the word of God becoming more and more true. The character of God that you've read about becoming more and more real. That's when you really know God. Secondly, you keep his commands because they're not here to bind you or to hinder you. They're here to protect you. So that you will walk in the fullness of everything God wants you to do. And thirdly, you love others, and it's experienced even here in the body of believers, in the body of Christ, as we walk this journey together. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Get the worship team.